0: Welcome to the VG Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in
1: Newport News, Virginia.
0: Did you watch it with them last yeah. night?
1: Yeah. yeah. It was great.
2: Does yeah. Josie love it?
0: Oh my gosh. Our family is nuts about Moana. It is so good. Yeah. The village of News, it's all you need. <laughs> I... Dwayne Johnson is just so much
2: fun, and the fact that he plays that fish Maui. hook character Maui. Maui. Come on. Hilarious. He's yeah. so good he as is. that character.
0: Oh man, the whole movie is just it's a brilliantly made movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I love it. The music is so good. What's your favorite song in it?
1: My favorite song. I I mean, I've only that was only the second time I've seen it. Um the one I most Okay, no. It's the one at the end when she's walking towards the lava monster.
0: Oh, that's a good song Yeah, yeah. she's like, I
1: know who you are You should sing it I don't know it <laughs> She
0: got out of that one <laughs>
2: I, I'm gonna say my favorite is the "You're Welcome" song that Mal.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: <laughs> what can I say except "You're welcome"? <laughs> it's
2: just fantastic. Oh. It totally um, captures like the human ego. It's like so how vain, obsessed isn't it? we are with ourselves. Oh, yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> she grabs his ear and like screams into it, and he still doesn't hear yeah. what she says. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's awesome. Uh, well, folks, I guess we should get we, we are recording now. So um, welcome back to another episode of the VG Mundum show. We're excited to have you all here listening to us from wherever you are. Um, today, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, we have Corinne Riley here all the way from UVA. Hello, Corinne.
1: Hello, Austin. Thank you for having me here today.
0: <laughs> and Corinne used to be the uh, campus minister over at CNU, so mm-hmm. it's a very we're very happy to have her back um, for a brief visit, and we said, hey, let's podcast.
1: Absolutely. It's always good to be back at Mount Carmel. And, special place.
0: Oh, good. Well, it is. It is a very special place. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our own podcast, so it's, you should check it out. It's pretty cool.
1: I know you've definitely one-upped us over in Charlottesville.
0: Yeah, it's all a competition, baby. <laughs> You're
1: so. We hip. love Jesus more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then, of course, Ken White's here with us. I am here. And I'm Austin Um So today, uh, Corinne came and visited, um, and uh, she spent a little time with my family yesterday evening, and my daughter, Josie, loves the movie Moana. <laughs> I... Also, love the movie Moana.
1: I think you might have her beat.
0: I might love it more than her.
1: You quoted about half of it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting beside Corinne just like saying all the uh, all the words that were coming up next. It's a little embarrassing.
1: It wasn't even the songs. So. I think that was most impressive. You weren't just seeing the songs. You had all the dialogue down. Is so, she your
2: favorite Disney princess? Oh, Must my be? gosh. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd like to see a Fahrenheit <laughs> Halloween. Although, my,
0: oh, you want to know what our last Halloween was? I'll tell you what, what we did. Gabe was St. George, mm. and Josie was Our Lady of Mount Carmel. How Which nice. really, like, people were like, what's going on? You know, you, they come to the door and knock on it. And we didn't even, like, they just kind of chose that, right? So mm-hmm. we weren't, you know, we're not, like, crazy parents, like, you must be a saint. Like, they just kind of wanted that. Like, great, all right. So Josie would go knock on the doors and be like – uh Um, knock. They're like, oh, who are you? Are you a princess? She's like, I'm Our Lady of Mount Carmel. They're like, (laughs) okay, what is that, a boat? (laughs) That's what one person asked. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she was just uh, like, I don't understand why they don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs)
2: Evangelization,
0: man. Oh, it's awesome. Out of the mouth of Babes. Little kids, yeah. Mm. And Gabe's like, I'm St. George, I kill the dragon. Like, yes, you are, and you have. That's great. he
1: still is. (laughs) He still is. Uh,
0: So so uh, at any rate, we are going to talk about, a little bit about Moana, actually, this morning because we watched it yesterday with the kids. Um, and that movie, man, it is just rich with, uh, with symbolism. It is. Believe it or not, I think it is anyway. And there's so many directions we can go with it. Um, but I'll just toss it out there. You both have seen it. What were kind of some highlights or some, some symbolism that, that you pulled from it uh, when you watched it that just comes to mind?
1: I mean, you mentioned it last night and I'd only seen it once before, um, months ago, but how it really is a story of vocation, um, discovering one's vocation, the journey that you take and all the obstacles that are there, um, and the difference between Maui and Moana and their journeys, um, for vocation. Um, yeah, I need to see it more, um.
0: So like the differences being like uh um well one thing we kind of we kinda of talked about was like uh Moana was she's she's kinda of, like discovering her vocation. Yeah. Right. And then Maui has already already found his vocation. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's kind of turned away from his original state. So yes. he's like having trouble re identifying who he is. Already in vocation mm-hmm. um, as the demigod, so to speak, and then Mao or Moana is like you know she's she's that journey that we all face. That's like something is calling me, yeah. You know something I I know I'm made for something great, yes. But I don't know what it is. So to give everyone just quickly um, a quick summary, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Obviously, um, but the the storyline is there's. Um, they're, they're Filipino, I guess, right? So it's kind of like a Filipino heritage, uh, but they're in these islands. It takes place a long time ago. And there's a princess, Moana, um, who gets a heart of this god, Tafiti, Fiti. And uh, she comes across the heart – and her job is to restore it. And this demigod had stolen the heart, and she has to go find the demigod Maui and restore the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't worry, there are it, there's a lot of like gods, goddesses, demigods, you know, um, mm-hmm. different types of creatures. But uh, but still, the themes in it I think are extremely Christian through all of that imagery. So that's kind of some some backdrop. But it, so it really is about vocation, about Moana kind of searching out. Uh, what she was called, who she's called to be, you know?
1: Yes. And I love that even though, I mean, she's journeying across the sea, this ocean Mm -hmm. that she's never been on before. Everything is really unfamiliar, you know? She kind of represents all of us on that journey. Um, But then at the very end, she, I think, you know, plot twist, given the end away. Oh, no. The, uh, Turn it off uh, now if you've never heard this? it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> don't let the kids listen if they haven't watched the movie yet. Um, but at the very end, you know, her and Maui, there's this giant lava monster that's guarding the island where the kind of creation goddess Te Fiti lives. Um, and she gets past the lava monster um, to the place where this goddess is supposed to reside and it's empty and she realizes that the lava monster is actually the goddess with her heart stolen and so she becomes more of a type of Christ Mm. and it's like the tafides Kind of becomes the main character, um, and that I think was the most powerful moment of the whole movie. I heard a sister of life give a beautiful ref- reflection on this. she loved it so much and was going on and on about it that all of the sisters got together and made her a little heart of Tafiti that she carries around ah, oh, wow. and just brings it out. Um, it was beautiful, but uh how that is Tafiti is kind of who we become when we allow our heart to be taken by the world and so it's her kind of claiming her own identity um so moana is no longer um like moana becomes christ to Mm. to fiti um
0: yeah because she yeah yeah it's really fascinating so you've got like all these different elements in it where you've got uh the water is kind of alive too, you know, Mm -hmm. as a movement of its own. And I think the water, Ken and I talked a little bit before the podcast, um, represents the Holy Spirit, right? Wouldn't you say, Ken? Yeah,
2: Yeah. absolutely.
0: Uh, Represents the Holy Spirit. So in the very beginning, uh, little Moana is like – just totally enraptured with this whole story of how the heart has been stolen. And she runs out to the water as this little baby and the water like reveals to her all this beauty. And then I think it's an imagery of baptism. The water like mm-hmm. douses her head um, with water and then gives her a heart like this green rock. And she doesn't really know what it is, you know, but the Holy Spirit comes in, if you if you will, with the imagery, gives her this great gift. You know, and then she gets her dad comes and she gets swooped back to the beach and then she kind of drops the gift. So it kind of goes into rest for a while, you know, and you come to find out that the grandma actually holds on to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um uh, when she's older, she's always got this call and she's like, I thought it was a dream that all this stuff happened, but, but she changed in that moment, you know, because yes. she experienced the water. She became like a new creation with a new calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, when she's older the grandma like she's giving her wisdom along the way in these songs she's like listen to your father listen to your father but there's still a voice inside and when it when you hear it call you you know just listen listen to it and do what it tells you to do which is brilliant the first time i heard that song i was like oh my gosh mm-hmm. <laughs> that's amazing who wrote this story um and then uh and then she comes to see um So she gets the heart back. The grandma, like, later on gives her the heart, and then the water, like, jumps up and douses her again, which is kind of like an image of confirmation. She gets confirmed, and and all those gifts kind of come to life, you know, and she can experience the water. Like, the water becomes alive to her, and she starts having interactions with the water, and the water, like, gives her all these gifts. Mm -hmm. I mean... Ken, you you do a lot of confirmation prep. I mean, if that's not confirmation, you know, I don't know what it is. What, yeah,
2: yeah, no, it's. I mean, it, there's just such powerful imagery in that whole movie, um, and and that's that's just one piece of it. And I love that she continues to converse with the water. Mm. Um, I, th- I think I'm, I think it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but there's a moment when she's all alone, right? And she says, like, I can't do this by myself. I don't mm. want this mission, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want what you're sending me to do. Um, because I can't, I can't do it on my own. Yeah. Um, and the water, what really fascinated me in that moment is the water, AKA, right? We're, we're saying the Holy Spirit, um, says, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. does not force the mission on her. Yeah. So the water has been inviting her on in mission all along, right? Like in the same way that we're invited in mission to spread the gospel, but never forcefully so. Like All of it is a gift. Baptism is a gift. Confirmation is a gift. Eucharist is a gift. The mission itself is a gift. And whether or not we embrace that or not is completely up to us, and God's not going to force it. So I really like – that moment was very powerful for me because it was this moment where she didn't want it, and and the Holy Spirit said, okay.
0: But then the Holy Spirit sends her, her grandma right right after that right so she kind of gives the heart back and then sends her this guide to say and in her grandma she she died so it's like this spirit kind of comes back and and she's just full of mercy and compassion. Mm. She's not saying, Moana, turn around, you got this. She's like, if you want to go back, I'm going to be with you the whole way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then, so it's like this great moment of consolation. That's like, you are loved no matter what you choose. You know, if you choose yeah. another vocation, you are still loved. Right. You know, God is that God, quote unquote, you know, the Holy Spirit has asked so much of you and you can do it. But should you choose not to, you don't have to. Right. You know, and so it's like even if the Holy Spirit takes it back, he still is calling and saying, you know, sending you more and more and saying, I love you, you can do this, you can do this. But if you choose not to, I still love you. Right. <laughs> and I'm still right. with you.
2: And there's still the element of invitation. Yeah. It's not like the, the the water again, aka the Holy Spirit took the heart and left. Yeah. It was like, Okay, well, let's invite again. Right? Yeah. Like God is Constantly pursuing us, Mm. and even in even when he invites and we say no, he's ready with another invitation. Yeah, because he loves us.
1: Yeah, and sending us reminders of his past invitations because I think it's very easy to doubt. Like, well, am I? And she says, "I'm not the right person for this." I don't think I ever was. Mm -hmm. Like, you forget all of the past invitations and like that call. Mm. Um, And that's and we were talking about last night also. Um, what it you were saying? The three faculties.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. We
1: thought there are three people on this journey. There's Moana, Maui, and then the water, because that seems to kind of have this.
0: If you don't count the personification,
1: chicken, yeah. oh, also <laughs> yeah, the chicken.
0: <laughs> we'll just leave him out for the same, yeah. this conversation.
1: Um, but and then there are the three faculties of the person. Yeah. So was it the reason? Mem-
0: reason, yeah. The what? memory uh-huh. and the will. Right.
1: And how. We were, you know, kind of assigning.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we were, we were saying uh, that the memory is kind of like the
1: water. The water.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, if you take kind of a different angle on the whole, the whole movie, it's like, okay, they're on this journey. It's like the individual, the interior journey. And Mm. so here's the water is like the memory. You know, it's all around you everywhere. It's kind of where everything takes place is like the seat of your, your memory, you know? Um, And then you've got, uh, um the will, which is represented by Maui um who who is like gonna go do something kind of you a
1: bulldozer, yeah, kind <laughs> of a
0: bulldozer, and then you have reason, uh moana, and I think it's like that particular aspect of the christian walk uh really comes to light when they're at the um at the gate of the realm of the monster, I
1: forget <laughs> what
0: it's called the uh Lola or whatever um and they're uh and Maui is like, like he's focused on one thing, and it's getting his hook back, right? It's the object of his desire, and that's what our will does, is it follows our desire. Right. So wherever our desire is, that's where our will wants to go. It just chases that. And so Maui's like, I'm getting my hook back. I'm getting my hook back. You know, that's all I'm going to do. And so he pursues it. And reason says, "Okay, we'll go along for this ride, but remember there's something else that we're here for really, and it's to restore the heart." And so he's climbing up the will, stampeding along, and he's like, "I'm going to go jump into the realm of monster, like the seat of temptation. He's just going <laughs> to run in to get the thing he wants and is like, "I'll come out unscathed," you know. Um and so he jumps in and is like, uh and he he does not think at all that Moana's going to chase him, like follow him down. Right. But she does. Thank God. Her re- Like the reason, our reason will follow us into sin, you know? And so the reason comes like falling on top of the will and it's like, I'm here, but kind of flops down. He's like, well, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we try to think. Like when we go into sin, we're like reason has died, you know? It's no longer there. But reason is what gets us out when we're in sin so they're basically face to face with uh with the crab you know the giant crab Mm -hmm. tomador and he is the best image of satan i think like
2: but he's also yeah and he's also consumed by if if we're going along the the desire reason um memory analogy like he's he's also like Will without any reason. Yeah. Like he's completely consumed by desire and, and can't like even think straight. Like throughout the, the song with him, you know, he's he's clearly kind of discombobulated and, and rather strange. Like he's just kind of lost completely.
0: Oh, he's totally uh, obsessed with himself. Yeah. So he can't even like he's just comparing himself to Maui. Right. Yeah. And it's just his appetite is like prodigious. You know, he can't stop eating. He just like something comes in front of him. And he just wants to eat it and consume it. you know he looks right. up and he just wants to eat the fish like absolutely. he wants to eat everything and consume it and wear it um, I mean you're absolutely right,
2: mm-hmm. and I think also outside of all the peace because because while we have the awesome gifts of reason, will and memory. Ultimately, we're not in complete control, and I think that's seen throughout the story because because there's definitely like providence working. Mm. Like even I I can't recall exactly how they get away from the crab, but even in in how they do it, it's kind of providential. It's not it's not one or the other upping the crab. It's kind of just circumstances worked in their favor. Yeah, um, and so even outside of all of that, is God constantly trying to rescue us from? Kind of the crap we get ourselves into.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, I like yes. that. Yeah. Absolutely, because they happen to go on that geyser at the right time that blasts them up. Yes. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's providence right there, right. shooting yeah. them up and saying, "I'm saving you from the mess, from your own death. You've just walked into." Mm-hmm. And then reason kind of comes out victorious and is like, "Thank goodness!" You know. And your will is like ashamed, like I made a mess of things.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and I thought about too. You you said the fourth person is the chicken. They're kind of crazed, bouncing around, always getting in (laughs) trouble. But that makes me think of, like, fallen man. There you go. Reason, reason, memory, and will are supposed to work hand in hand, but because of sin, they're all discombobulated. And so that's kind of what the chicken is, is this kind of discombobulated – never knows what it's getting itself into and always
0: makes a mess of things. But providence know? still uses him. <clears throat> right. Like yes. he eats the heart at the correct times to right. save it from going in the water. Right. And so even right. when we're discombobulated and totally detached from God and like not in touch with reality, God still uses us.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. I like that. Yeah.
2: It's just kind of a side chicken. note for anyone who's listening and is like, why are we talking about spiritual truths within an analogy? Um, yeah. I have a quote here from C.S. Lewis, which is really good. And this was a review that he gave the Lord of the Rings um, because he was really good friends with J.R.R. Tolkien. I was going to say, so, did he
0: see Moana? That's awesome. Yeah, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he probably did up in heaven. and yeah. he's oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got his own commentary. Right. But he talks about – I won't read the entire thing. I'll just read a couple pieces of it. But he says, um, but why, some ask – why, if you have a serious comment to make on this real life of men, must you do it by myth? And he says, because I take it, one of the main things the author wants to say, he's speaking about J.R. Tolkien, one of the main things the author wants to say is that the real life of men is of that mythical and heroic quality. The value of the myth is that it takes all the things we know and restores to them the rich significance which had been hidden by the veil of familiarity and he goes on to use a couple different examples um, like a child who um, enjoys their their meat better because they imagine they had a bow and arrow and went and hunted that down right Mm -hmm. and they they actually enjoy and savor it more than if we're just kind of going through the dull motions of eating Um, and he says by putting bread, gold, horse, apple or the very roads into a myth we do not retreat from reality we rediscover it so I just think I think that 's helpful, just as that's really you know good. and and so many stories, so many great Christian stories are out there um, in order to help us move away from that veil of familiarity, like life seems the day to day and we 've done podcasts on that, the busyness, the task list the but there 's really something heroic happening there 's really something. Um, Mythical about our lives And that's why myths are so important Because they wake us up To Mm. the story and the adventure That we're a part of
0: Were you telling me about that yesterday, Corinne Where you were talking about storytelling? Yes Like that (laughs) our God is a God of storytelling
1: He's a storyteller That's um, my class So I'm in grad school right now um, For theology And um, My first class was salvation history And it was I studied literature in college. And so it almost didn't feel like a theology class because it was all stories. And our very last class, we were talking about like the divine pedagogy of God. So how God teaches man and how it's all through story. Um, and I love that you bring up that quote, Ken. And I, I kind of, I was laughing to myself because, um, so I wrote my thesis in college on fairy tales
0: hmm. Oh, nice! and studied a lot
1: of Lewis <laughs> wow. and Tolkien and, what was fantastic about it is um, Lewis kind of had a big conversion to myth and to fairy tales. And he actually, um, when he and Tolkien were conversing, he was extremely opposed to myth and he wrote, and he actually said, myths are lies, even though they're breathed through silver. Hmm. Um, And he wrote that to Tolkien and Tolkien responded in true Tolkien fashion um, and wrote him a letter in the form of a, a long poem refuting that um, claim <laughs> nice. and that's where he kind of Tolkien coined this term like we are co-creators that because we are created in the image and likeness of a god who is a creator that it is in our nature to also create and so we are reflecting the divine when we are using our imagination and coming up with stories mm. um and that was something that. that I was um very drawn to when I was in college um, and love stories. That's how I process those deeper truths of the world that I loved theology. I loved philosophy. I loved history, but it was through literature that I could see um, those ideas lived out in reality Mm. and they became concrete because it's very easy. I think for us to dwell on them and let them um, stay within the realm of our mind and never be lived out. But um. In kind of bringing it, um, allowing stories to bring us back into reality, especially fairy tales. There is this one quote by Chesterton that I loved, and he says, Fairy tales say that apples were golden only to refresh the forgotten moment when we found out that they were green. They make rivers run with wine only to make us remember for one wild moment that they run with water. Mm. It takes the simple and it makes it fantastic. Wow. um, Which... I love, and that's for children like Moana, um, being able to sit and watch the story and be drawn into all of these fantastic characters and scenes. And you just, you're so excited and drawn into the story. And then the deeper truths permeate our reality as well. Um,
0: and I love that idea of being the co creator of it, you know, that it's like, I mean, how did Jesus reveal truth to us? It was through parables, which were stories. You know, that's how he taught all of us when he came was here's a story and there's richness in it that each one of those parables you can take and sit with. And each time you sit with it, there's something new and beautiful that comes out of it, you know? Yes. And so we have a tendency as humans to do that, that we tell stories, you know, and and we write these stories and we're captivated by stories. The story of Moana, a person wrote that. Mm -hmm. However... Because it reflects an element of humanity, you know, a lived experience. And so there's this great truth that can kind of be pulled out of it. It says, like, this is is part of being human, and that story doesn't get old, and it can be told in so many different ways, and it's just beautiful. Right. Because we're doing what God did in telling this whole story of salvation.
1: Right. And I – one thing um – that I was really drawn to um in like fairy tales and stories. There are a lot of similar like arcs, story arcs that continue and seem very similar. Um and
0: What's a story arc?
1: So a story arc. So um, taking like a the theme of of you know like the sacrificial hero. So the hero who will sacrifice himself at the end. um, There are lots of different stories, and a lot of them are very Christian. And so that's why in talking about Moana, you know, it's one story, but we can draw so many different themes out of it. um, So many Christian themes that point us back to the Gospels, point us back to. different virtues, the, you know, just our very human nature. We can draw all of this out. And, uh, in, in college, we talked about how, um, some people use that as a way to refute Christianity Hmm. um, saying, Oh, well there are stories, you know, sacrificial heroes. And I I think it's like North Norse mythology. Like Odin hangs himself on a tree for three days to like gain wisdom. Like he sacrifices himself and hangs on a tree for three days. And people take these stories and they say, well, you know, this is Christianity is just another story. And I think that's what um, Lewis was getting at, too, before his conversion, that Christianity was just a a great story. Um, But you can flip it on its head and say, well, maybe this story is the fabric of the universe. And Mm. so it is reflected in our ability to tell stories that you can't, these themes are so fundamental and, like, written into the cosmos that you can't escape from them, in our ability to tell stories, which is I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, Disney, you know, you just made this really great story and we're drawing <laughs> all of right. these themes from them. Um, but it's so cool that, you know, even Disney is not immune from the, the truths that are woven into the fabric of reality that God has written himself into all of us, we cannot escape from telling stories and finding truth and reality and beauty. and. Um
2: well, and it makes sense, right? Cause if we look at, if we look at Jewish, Jewish history, even from Genesis and the fall of our first parents, Adam and Eve, like in the curse that they're given, there's also the promise for someone to save them. Right. Right. And then we see it woven throughout Jewish history. This idea of someone who's going to come and make all things right and someone who's going to come and be the sacrificial lamb and someone who's – so like God is like the best storyteller and he's been doing it. So it makes sense that – I mean to me anyway, it would make sense that some of these other cultures were picking up – on this idea because it started from the very, from the, from the fall, right? Yes. Like that, that that was coming. And so it, it makes sense to me that in some veiled way, a lot of these cultures were picking up on the idea of this something, some sacrifice that would make all things right.
0: Yeah, um, Man, that could be a whole podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Yeah. You know, and yeah. yeah. Well, we're closing in on the time. Um, that we have, we're almost almost at a half hour of recording. Okay,
1: um,
0: but uh, any any final thoughts on on Moana?
1: Oh man, so I I have favorite to share favorite part
0: or something. I know
1: I have to share a little bit of what this this um, sister of life shared. It was right before we were going into our night of adoration, and. By the end of her speaking, we were all kind of moved to tears. And I was like, I'm so excited to go sit in front of Jesus. <laughs> but it was, it was the end of the movie when, you know, Moana has this realization that the lava monster is actually Tafiti, this beautiful creation goddess um, who made everything in front of her. And um she realized that uh that well, the sister was saying like isn't it funny how we can often become that, like we were made so beautiful and um, we have these great abilities to um, co-create that we, yeah, we have a tremendous gift to share beauty with the world. Um, And yet we often allow the world to steal our heart Mm. and without our heart, don't we often feel like we become a giant lava monster that's throwing missiles of burning fire at anyone who tries to get close to us (sighs) um, and reach that place of hurt. Um, And I I love and seeing it, you know, I I listened to this talk and then seeing it last night, visualized again in front of me was so powerful um, because Moana realized that and without any fear she walks forward the sea parts in front of her and she walks forward holding out the heart and tefiti sees this and still is throwing all of this you know like lava and fire um at moana even though she has what she's been searching for this whole time and just thinking like how often do i do that with God, you know He's coming. Corinne, I know who you are. Like I know who I made you to be, and that is exactly what milan was saying. Like I know who you are. This does not define you. You've been hurt by the world. You've believed lies, but I know who you are. Yeah. And uh, going into adoration. So, like last thought, like going into adoration. That is what Christ does. He's coming for you with with your heart, with who He made you to be, and says. What you are right now, um, anything that you're carrying, that does not define you. That is not who you are. I know who you are. Um, and like letting him restore your heart to you. Um,
0: mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's what it is. That's oh, what it's all about. So
1: good. <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: Adoring his heart and letting him restore yours. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So needless to say, this is a room full of Moana lovers indeed it's a great story (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well we would love if you have any other thoughts on Moana if you got any little gems there's so much more in it send us an email we'd love to hear your thoughts on it we will give you a shout out in the show vichimunim1633 at gmail.com also please leave us a uh, a review if you can that always helps us we've had a number from you guys so thank you so much Uh, and um, anything else what do we usually say at the end? I don't even remember. But uh, we were had a great time with you guys. Oh, that's it. Share this podcast. I almost forgot. <laughs> if
2: you, yeah, if <laughs> you like it, please an email. share
0: it. Yeah, please share it. Um, we would love Disney to pick up on it and uh, and you know have a huge conversion or something.
2: Make more amazing Christian stories.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, until next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for okay. us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you.
2: You know, I thought thought of uh, the... (laughs) <laughs> your your analogy of the flame throwing i don't know why but it came uh, and i didn't want to introduce it cuz i was like this is going to make it like take the tone away but like the <laughs> snickers bar commercials oh uh, exactly. like the angry person with the like here here's your snickers bar here's your heart back now you now you're better
0: <laughs> uh. That's funny. Yes, Yes. Uh, snickers. (laughs) We
2: get hangry without our true heart.
0: Yeah, (laughs) before confession,
1: after confession. (laughs) that would be funny.
0: We do get hangry without the Eucharist. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Hangry.
0: Yes. Uh, Ooh. Podcast Podcast number. number Hangry without the Eucharist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man.
0: Uh, Right on.